2: Change cryptocurrencies. Three guys played it talking bitcoin, no fee. That's the free Bitcoin podcast insane. And adoption is still the only thing thing thing. That matters main.
3: Hey everybody, welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode one hundred and eighty-eight. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D.
0: As always, host number three, Corey. Today we have brought someone else on to the roundtable to share his wisdom and shoot the shit. Colin Couchet, say what's up.
4: Yo, what's up? How's it going, guys? Why don't up? you... Uh... I'm,
3: I'm glad you're sitting upright because Dimitri is such a professional at this podcasting thing. He is... <laughs> just lounging i'm chilling man right now i have the uh
2: should i be more professional podcast no pro this. no, no you're, this. you're a seasoned podcast laying down my friend that's right all i need is like a like silk pajamas and a cigar
4: <laughs> and a spliff
2: let's get this show on the road some
3: spliff um we got some ads but some good ones yeah um, we have
0: this episode yeah
3: well, Corey, I, I kind of want the first one to be organic because it's my crypto. I kind of gave people the technical, hey, it's a client-side tool for generating wallets. Um, but I figured it would be more effective if you kind of told people what it
0: was all about. Sure. Uh, let's see. If you used a wallet on Ethereum in the past, you probably used my Ether wallet at some point in your life, which is basically a massive interface to is the Ethereum blockchain, whether it be the Ethereum name service, finding, securing your wallet, um, and having, and being able to use that wallet to do ICOs or send money to people or even just hold tokens. Um, that team built out that interface and wanted to do a lot of things. But they moved, the, the majority of the team that built all that moved to a new company so they can grow faster and offer more products. And now that's called MyCrypto. MyCrypto.com, and so I've always liked them just because when I, we go to conferences, I've talked to them. They've done an enormous amount of anti phishing anti-spam work that wasn't they didn't have to do. They've always been a free product, and I've always liked that team when I when I would go talk to them. They've always cared a lot, so they decided they wanted to be a sponsor because they like what we do. We have Taylor come on the show and. and Share her views of what's going on regularly on the show. So, yeah, if you want to have a safe wallet, whether it be you know on your ledger, which you can connect through mycrypto.com, or download a wallet from their site, or even run their site offline, which they recommend you do in the first place, um, go to mycrypto.com and start interacting with the Ethereum blockchain, and probably the easiest way possible.
3: Yep. Um, contact support. At mycrypto.com. If you have any questions, they're really good at getting back to you. Uh, also, we're brought to you by the good folks at. Wait, which is it? This is a jingle? Oh, you have one?
2: Uh, I do. It's really simple. You're like it's minimalistic. My crypto. That's it.
4: That's it. <laughs> by Menton.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: Oh, <laughs> He's just it,
0: Straight it. Jack. That that tune. <laughs> it, it's sketchy though.
4: My no. crypto. Why didn't you the use cryptons. that rap I made? I mean was it was it not fly enough?
3: Well we couldn't find the word that rhyme with crypto. Yeah
0: I, I really Colin literally thing. made a rap.
4: Yeah. I'm not doing it, but if y'all want to, go for it.
0: <laughs> I'm not doing it, but <laughs> that was in yeah, 80s like beatbox that on. was in off where is that? That was in um it's in off, off the, the rails.
2: rails. <laughs> Hold on, let me check this
0: out. <laughs> If your wallet storage makes you sick, bro, calm yourself down. Take some Pepto. We got a tool that's to secure to stop the kleptos. Take yourself over to my crypto.
2: That's actually pretty damn good, actually. That's that's solid stuff. Yeah. And Corey, you actually sounded okay with the delivery.
0: Dude, come on.
3: That was a battle rap. Stance. You know me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: all, right, all right. Let's go to the next.
3: We got right. our sponsors. I got a jingle for this one. Yeah, because it rhymes with box. I hope you should figure out some good words to rhyme with box. Uh, (laughs) We're brought to you by the good folks at ButcherBox, butcherbox butcherbox.com. I know what you're thinking. The connection may not be obvious, but the crypto communities tend to be early adopters of new trends, and there's a growing population of crypto users trying all meat diets. So ButcherBox is our sponsor, and... Uh, They deliver premium, one hundred percent grass-fed and finished beef, organic, free-range chicken, heritage-bred pork directly to your door on a monthly basis. Uh, I think Corey and I had the top sirloins, Mm. Mm right? Right? That puppy up, threw some salt on it, and it was the best thing I had all week. Honestly.
0: Yeah, I put I'm like got them room temperature, marinated with some salt and pepper, and put like a like honey on top of them. And then, uh, just like saute them with a shitload of butter and rosemary, and it was it was the quality of the meat was really 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 good, and the portioning was also really good. Yeah,
2: unfortunately, I put them in my freezer and kept looking at them as I opened my freezer and not taking them out to thaw them out.
0: But I'm getting to. It. <laughs> yeah. Get but, to it. Oh, the, the presentation of these boxes is pretty hot, and I'm planning on using. So it comes in like this. Box that's really well insulated. Um, it's got some dry ice packs so it keeps it cold and frozen. But uh, like they give you like a tote bag with it that's mm-hmm. uh, like insulated, so it keeps things really cold and stuff. Like you know, like you know those grocery reusable grocery bags, but it's actually insulated and well built. Yeah, it was the presentation Perfect was you're really.
4: gonna see good. your barbecue or whatever.
3: Yeah,
0: exactly. Yep. I'm gonna use that one.
3: The last thing I will say is uh, my wife will not touch pork. She won't, and I've tried. And this is due to the connection of how people mistreat animals, but ButcherBox has assured us that they are humanly treated, no hormones, none of that artificial stuff, and she actually tried it and loved it. (laughs) Really? She ate it? (laughs) No, it's not humanely. I I double-checked that. Yep, I double-checked that it's humanly treated, which means they treat them... uh, like next level. I don't know. I double checked that though. What? <laughs> next, that. Level. <laughs> next level. <laughs>
4: next level. get next treatment level treatment. treatment. They, treat, they like take them out to dinner, they, and then yeah. they kill them, and then they eat. They them. court
0: them. Like they court yeah. them for yeah. a while. Like, yeah. yeah.
3: Me, me and my wife had like a four-minute discussion about
4: that. They pay for
2: Yeah, it's got to be a buzzword because you don't humanly treat bigs.
4: Yeah, you don't treat them like humans, man. That's it. yeah. Oh, you i have ever seen
0: Portlandia did like yeah. a did like an episode on. On like the, the the hipster treatment of like chickens is like hey can I can I like know the backstory of this chicken like where's it where's it from what's its name <laughs> what kind of hobbies does it have
3: yeah it comes with a card like you're eating Phil right now
0: either um, way I mean, it's delicious yeah. Uh, yeah,
3: it's uh, unlike what you're
0: used to this is meat you can't beat can't beat the meat huh you got to say the the <laughs> name of the company in there somewhere your box. There we go. <laughs> all right. ButcherBox. Go get some meats. They're delicious. Butcherbox.com. I think.
2: All right. Let's get into this uh crypto stuff now.
0: Colin, before we do all that, uh where did you come from? What do you do? Why are you here? Uh
4: good question. Um been a full stack developer most of my career and then um tried to start my own company for a while. Um kind of invented a hashing algorithm for um, perceptual hashing algorithm for uh, video fingerprinting. Uh, so you could basically basically create my own content ID system like like YouTube uses. And then uh, moved on from that uh, and got into crypto. And for the past year, I've been working with Animal Ventures. And now I'm uh, courting new opportunities and um, looking to uh, see what what the world's uh, world's got to offer. But I've been uh, kind of in the crypto space for. Um, I was an early adopter of Ethereum and been uh, traveling the world, talking to Fortune 100 companies. World, I guess, mostly the United States. Talking to Fortune 100 companies about uh, uh, blockchain technology and what it does and how they can build proof of concepts in their own, own business to, uh, to start integrating this stuff into what they're doing in their in their uh, yeah, and how it uh, applies to their bottom line.
2: Did you talk to Walmart? Because they're going all in, it seems like now. They've no, but I did blockchain. actually
4: do some case study work on uh, on what they were doing, and I talked to one of the people who was actually working with them, and um, they are they are doing some pretty interesting stuff. Uh, I think a lot of this track and trace technology, uh, like track and trace uh, features that come with blockchain, is going to really change the way that the world works um, on a fundamental level. I think I think it's interesting that that most people kind of think of. Blockchain is this cryptocurrency thing, and to me, it's like I want to decouple that, and it's 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 still kind of a struggle in that that respect, where um, a lot of people on the uh, on the planet can't disassociate blockchain from Bitcoin, um, and really, Bitcoin's just like the first killer app on blockchain. It's like email was the first killer app on the internet, um, and I feel like there's a lot more to uh, the, the the breakthrough that satoshi posted than uh than that and so really what i what i like to do is kind of the education side of things where i'm actually teaching people what that what that means what it means to be trustless what it means to actually um uh have the capability of having a immutable historical record what to what does that mean for regulation what does that mean for track and trace what does it mean for um you know uh you know how can i pass how can i use that to register assets on my system like are my like video game digital you know, content download keys gonna be stored in a blockchain, probably at some point. Um, but uh, right now, it's so early stage. People just still think of Bitcoin, and so I kind of try and my my personal goal is to make blockchain and Bitcoin two different two different things. Blockchain and Ethereum two different things, so that they don't really think of the uh, cryptocurrencies as blockchain. But blockchain is this whole other concept which has applications that extend way, 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 way more, way more out there and way more cooler than just currencies
3: what were you doing at your last position were you building educating or designing
4: yes so, <laughs>
0: yeah, so <laughs> okay. the answer is yes
4: <laughs> so yeah so originally I was brought on they need you know as front-end front-end work because you know to cut your teeth and whatnot um, and then I wound up uh, rebuilding the system that we built we built a uh, proof of concept for uh, a customer in March to late May and then I had to basically completely re-engineer that and turn it into this global blockchain Uh, network um, and so where the sun never sets on that I pretty much did that late November until early January Um, uh, but uh, a lot of the work in between was research oriented writing um, workshopping executive briefs so I've done I've run the gamut um, uh, between education proselytizing blockchain technology as more than just currency um, and uh, teaching people about how it can apply specifically to their business needs. So a lot of the needs that we were focusing on were supply chain oriented. So, um, you know, how do we get products from raw material all the way to the shelf and then even the return uh, process? How can blockchain uh, enable all that? Um, and I'd like to get into more of that, but I really can't. Um, other than saying, uh, I can talk it on a high level, but what our customers are specifically doing, I probably shouldn't.
0: But, so here we um, go. How about this? Um, Based on, based on that, because it's, I, I see this, this play out quite often as people get more and more familiar with, the, with like the infrastructure level technology, how things work. They end up spending a good portion of their time um, starting to either become, I guess, architects of POCs regards as, instead of building them or educating. And so you spread yourself kind of thin because, like you said, it's incredibly early and there's a lot of people that don't quite get it and you have to help them get it so you can so everyone can build systems. And if become quite passionate about it, you you basically have to figure out where you can not spread yourself too thin because it's really easy to do so. What direction do you want to go? Or what part do you think is the main problem to getting this technology into where like you see it as the far future, as this kind of back end infrastructure of how most everything works.
4: Well, I don't ever see myself not being an engineer, uh, meaning that um, even if I was, say, CEO of a billion-dollar company, I would still, in my spare time, be fiddling with the engineering concepts behind pretty much anything that I'm dealing with. I would, I would want to know how things work. It's very important. But like, um, but, but uh, you know, I see that people there's a there's like you said there's a definite education problem, and I would rather. Uh, be an engineer who educates and spreads the, spreads the joy. Um, I, w- I would rather have 200 people who first learned about blockchain from me. Um, and, you know, uh, then and got better than I am at it by far. Then, um, then, you know, hoard the information myself. So I, I, while you say spread too thin, I feel like it's all actually part of the same, the same thing that you can't just be an, an engineer. You have to be a mentor. And um, that's kind of where I see there's a very lack of uh, uh, not a lack of mentorship, but um, it's definitely difficult to break into the blockchain space because you have to do a lot of personal research to get to the point where you can actually be enabled to work in the blockchain space. It's not like you just pick up a notepad and start writing you know HTML. there's a lot of fundamental concepts. That was like when I when when, you, when most people started the web development world, they just picked up a notepad and started HTML for GeoCities or something like that. It was really easy, you know. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a barrier to entry with Solidity development, but not even just Solidity development. You got to take it. Okay, what is a smart contract? Why am I coding in Solidity? Okay, but how does this work? How does the timing and all this work? Okay, what is gas? Okay, why are we using gas? Okay what is, what is a blockchain? Like you got you keep going backwards and you find this, this very fundamental concept where you go like, what is the double spend problem? Why don't we have this already? Why is this new? And so like for a lot of people who are already in the space, they forget that there was a time when they didn't even know that the double spend problem existed. They didn't understand that, um, that, uh, that uh, we had a need that was filled by, by the Satoshi paper. And um you got to rewind and, and start from the fundamentals and build your way, build developers up to the point where they can far surpass what you're doing. Enabling people to grow is, is really, really important to me. So I don't see that ever. Like I see, I see it all being part of the same thing. So you say, don't, don't spread yourself too thin, but I feel like it's a, uh, it's actually essential that education is a part of every engineer's life. Um, you need to be a mentor to be a, a, a better engineer.
2: So with all that said, how do you think that your um, journey is going as far as decoupling blockchains from cryptocurrencies?
4: Every, every conversation counts. Um, I, I still feel like it's, it's not my, entirely my job to do that, but every time I talk to somebody, it opens with Bitcoin and ends up with a world-changing view on how things will operate in the future. Uh, where banks are being challenged. Uh, the very fundamental systems that we've created, such as the Federal Reserve, are being challenged. I mean, um, these, are, these are all very, very, these are tenants of our society that we've, we've just taken for granted for so long. And one single technological innovation has come wrong that can literally wipe them, wipe the slate clean on all of it. Um, and that makes p- people go, I understood about half of what you said, but the half that I did understand blew my mind. And so I'd like to get to the point where they at least understand 75%. But <laughs> it's, uh, it's, um, it's not easy decoupling Bitcoin from the conversation because people look at what immediately impacts their life first. Um, and I feel like that's, uh, that's, it's difficult to, to speak in the future terms for most people. There are people who are not like that. I mean, I, I would say maybe you know, 10 20% of the people you meet would, would love to talk future terms first. But uh, they're most they're focused on the now, and when you think now they think, okay, crypto markets, trading, how can I make a buck, you know? Mm-hmm. But they don't see how that buck is really part of a larger narrative, and that this is just the, the earliest kernel of something that's really going to fundamentally change the way that we handle
2: mm-hmm.
4: everything in our lives and the way that society itself may be structured in the future. I think
2: Corey think? came up with a terminology for those kind of people last week, I think.
0: sure. <laughs> we're those gonna push that purpose, we're gonna make those but they're t-shirts? not bad
4: people that's the thing is i don't i don't want to I, I don't like that term for that specifically because it feels like i that, know i mean it's like it's like there are, there are J- gpps i know what you're talking about but like for that, that wasn't no
0: I no 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 no, like no No, i i, I said I, it as a as a as the i guess an endearing term of people who don't give a shit about the things that i give a shit about because i'm one of the few people that like really want to know how everything works and i won't really use it until I understand the fundamentals of these things. I have a PhD in physics because of that, because that's Wait, the, as far as you can go to, to so get like, to something. Did so you like,
2: take apart your refrigerator to, to know how it refrigerates?
0: I looked it up and I figured mean, out how refrigeration works. I know how Carno do. cycles work, which is basically general refrigerator, the general purpose refrigerator.
4: But That's a good point. Let me dial that back for a second. So do you know how your refrigerator works to know how? No, but do you know that food spoils? And do you know that this innovation called Creon or whatever how they do it now? I don't know. I, I, really, I don't know how refrigerator works. So that's what you got to realize. I don't know how refrigerator works, but I know that there was there was an innovation. And if I just looked at that innovation alone, I wouldn't have seen a refrigerator, right? If I just looked at the cooling technology, I wouldn't have thought immediately, oh, I can have this in my house and it would keep my food from spoiling and it would change the way that I shop. It would change the way that my eating habits are. It would change the way that. Society manufactures their food and produces food and ships food and the types of food that we can ingest and create and package would completely be be altered. We don't have to be near a farm all the time in order to get the food that we need. Like the, the But if you just looked at the, say, Freon aspect of it, okay, mm-hmm. then you're not looking at the big picture. You need to show people the refrigerator for them to care. And right now they're still looking at the Freon.
0: In terms of making an analogy to yeah. the space, correct?
4: Right. So they're looking at the cooling technology, but the, and they're, and they're looking at the small part, but they're not looking at the fact that banks might go away.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: They're not looking at what that means for them and how that helps them and how that 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 could that could um that could um improve the quality of of not just their life but the life around them. How that might actually improve entrepreneurship. How that might enable things. Uh, but they they're also not looking at the the downside which is a lot of businesses are built around keeping that the status quo the way it is so there's going to be a huge huge shift in the way that we operate i think i, I don't
0: I think it's that. i don't think it's bimodal it's not one or the other it's going to be a combination of both because yep. there's no there's no like oh this is going to take over and kill everything because there's a lot of circumstances with the way that we built things is the proper way to build things Actually this is exactly what my talk was about in the super conference. Well to an extent. It's it's this idea that like we've just found out the way of building things in an opposite manner when you take trust into the equation and we're playing with that figuring out what type of things are well suited to be built this way. And we're probably going to go a little overboard and try and build things that aren't well suited to be built this way and see how well they work and realize that but it's going to be a while because it's slow and it's new and basically pushing the existence of how we build things. But in reality, as the future goes on and we get better at building things and we start to really start to think about what are the trust constraints of um, the application that I would like to build. Okay. Now I'm going to pick and choose all of the technologies that are appropriate for how I should be communicating with my, you know, end users, my clients, the people that I want to communicate with. And that's just going to be, how you do stuff? You care about the actual human communication before you start thinking about the tech that makes it that makes it work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: because yeah, right now we we trust that our refrigerator is going to work. We trust that the expiration date on our food that's when it's going to spoil. Same way we trust banks to treat our money right. You, you know,
4: all that trust can be betrayed though. I mean, like that's the interesting thing about blockchain is that it doesn't require trust at all. And, we still and, we still
3: depend on trust though.
4: We depend on it. Exactly. So that's the fundamental problem with, with society really is that we, we is centralized trust. That is the literal, almost everything in society, no matter what it is, has some trust component built into it. Okay. Um, Yes. You trust that expiration date on your food, but do you know it's correct? No. How do you know that company isn't like, completely like now they probably aren't because the fda puts up regulations and and if they go and do spot check inspections and they find that this person is actually this this company is actually fraudulently printing wrong or repackaging old stuff or mixing old stuff in like old milk in with new milk like that kind of thing would be completely illegal and they would lose their business so we Mm -hmm. built systems of checks and balances but think of how much infrastructure that is that's a huge waste of cost of manpower brain power just to just to verify that now imagine you have a track and trace system that completely uh, traces from nipple to, to bottle to shelf okay everything that goes on with regard to that that product okay now it's a little difficult with like milk okay but you know, yeah yeah let's just say apples but... so that might be a little easier okay <laughs> so <laughs> point is you, you track you track it from strawberry from strawberry picker jose and like california okay he puts <laughs> it into you know what's going on he put <laughs> he puts it in a basket and uh and he he picks it and his hands aren't clean and he and he goes to the to the um he goes to the the center which is supposed to clean it and it doesn't clean it properly and it gets on a truck and it goes all the way to the shelf and literally somebody buys it eats it catches, I don't know, salmonella, whatever. and, and Salmonella's like, on
0: chicken, man. I'm just yeah, joking. Well, his, Go, hand, you're going. his
4: hands weren't clean, so you know it could happen. So he, he they get sick from this strawberry. They E-coli. trace it to the strawberry. Equally, sure. They trace it to the strawberry, and the, the strawberry, They what do they do? They immediately issue an, a recall. But do they issue a recall on that farm? No. They issue a recall on all strawberries that made it to that store, and that could have been from multiple distribution centers so they've literally shut down a whole huge swath of the strawberry industry just because one guy didn't wash his hands properly and it made it past one cleaning center's checks and got all the way to the shelf and they were not able to trace that back fast enough so they had to pull them all Mm -hmm. now with blockchain if you have a proper track and trace system you could literally pull that down you could find out who where where that particular strawberry case came from in like less than an hour right now it takes like um, between depending on the product between fourteen and forty eight hours to figure out where everything that caused the trouble came from.
2: Yeah, first you got to figure out what lot number is on and figure out when it's made. Then you like
0: got to quarantine. Yeah, it's a
2: lot of calls. I want to I want to take calls. a step back there and,
0: and say that like yeah this is this is great and you're right and that these are the types of things that can be disintermediated or made more efficient. But like it, I don't I don't want to make people think that we're completely getting rid of trust by using blockchain. We're just no. moving it to something that's not a human you're, you're, you're placing trust in a system because when you when you use bitcoin the average person uses bitcoin they don't necessarily know like you ha- you trust that the system is operating the way it should be you trust that the mining is decentralized you trust that like the people who are building it is decentralized you trust all of these things but as the cryptocurrencies and blockchains grow and we have multiple multiple things that work in multiple multiple different ways you're going to have to put trust in, in that system and as of right now, it's hard to say whether or not you're going to be able to trust these new systems. But well, people are, people are associating to... the exact same things that they associate with Bitcoin and its level of decentralization with all blockchains, which isn't true.
4: I think that there's, there's, it's not 100% true, but I say it's more like 80% true.
0: It's better. It's definitely think, better compared that, to trusting uh, humans.
4: Immutability is the key there. Immutability is the, the thing that, that makes that you can't rewrite the record. And and that that's kind of one of the problems we're seeing in society right now. So people are able to, you know, fudge the books, you can't do that with a, a good, a well designed blockchain system. So there's going to be standards of best practices to ensure that that occurs. That said, I mean, if you're running a private blockchain, you can totally game the system somehow. But um that's why it might be better to create federated blockchains where everybody uh has a it's like all you and all your competitors exist on this blockchain you're checking each other because it's actually in your mutual benefit that you all check each other as well as maybe a government regulator in which case you can't have like fudging fudging the blockchain and that's that's that's, these are the kind of things that we couldn't do before so or lost data like you know, people would like accidentally, you can't see on the podcast, but I'm using air quotes, accidentally, um, like lose a document, in which case they might get a slap on the wrist compared to like a, a sledgehammer to the face because the, um, the Jesus. you know, yeah, because they would have done something really wrong. It's pretty draconian. It's easier, to, <laughs> it's easier to lose the data than it is to actually, than it is to actually like account for it. Um, and so, like, there's, there's, there's like, there's a, um, there's a, you
1: know,
4: there's a lot of benefits to be gained there, but I think what you, the point you brought up about decentralizing is very important, and one of the things I did say when I said this is the problem isn't trust, it's centralized trust, and that we, we all rely on a central authority, and we rely, rely on the concept of uh, social reputation to uh, facilitate trade. Um, we don't when we need when you don't need that anymore, and you don't need to aggregate re- reputation. We could definitely return to a more one to one barter like system, and that might that will be very interesting the way the society structures themselves. So, looking forward to the future, it's an exciting time except for all the climate change stuff.
2: I think it's like <laughs> a yeah centralized trust is I don't see that going away anytime soon. That's a human. It's more of a human emotion than it is this mechanism, infrastructure, or not infrastructure, but what's the word I'm looking for, institution that we built up. It's it's just human emotion. We, we need something to trust. And when you get old, you trust things that make your life easy, that grease the wheels. I see
4: I mean, that, that's but why do you have the emotion? Is it because you're used to it or because you require it?
2: Cause the first thing you see is your mom and dad. You trust the shit out of them. That's You trust the shit out of them, regardless of how shitty they may or may not be. Like there's shitty people out there that have kids. Their kids think of the world of them. Yeah. So then they grow up. Need that that trust. Then they grow up. That's right. But they end up trusting other things. Maybe the military changes drugs.
4: Well, again, to go back (laughs) to Corey said. (laughs)
0: said I mean, I know. I think it's 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 an environmental thing. I think I think Colin's right. It's it's, it's we're all going to trust something, but it depends on whether or not what you're trusting is is a machine that makes decisions in a cold, calculated way that has been built from the ground up and hasn't changed. Or are you going to trust people who to make decisions with whatever you're you're offloading that responsibility to? Because centralized systems means that humans, more often than not, are the things that are making the decisions on how those things work, whereas blockchain systems are just. Once they start working, they don't stop working that way. So you get accustomed to the types of decisions that it makes, and you trust that it's going to continue to make those types of decisions the same way. That doesn't change. Or humans can always change. And they, can, they are susceptible to greed and power and lust and all that good nonsense that makes people do stupid shit. Mm-hmm.
4: So I agree with you. The psychological aspect is there. But why can't we replace the psychological aspect with a blockchain?
3: We can
2: We'll you see no, I
0: think we can. we're definitely gonna try yeah. I well, think uh th-
3: throwing this interview to uh two Asian comedians might be able to help out yeah question yeah <laughs> this, this is the
2: perfect uh beginning of the show to our guest this week,
0: yeah, Did uh, you getting calling- into that? That's what I like. Were you getting into that conversation? Well, it's about to change drastically. If you hated that conversation, well, it's about to change drastically.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Colin, you going to hang out while we do this interview live in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Live. Live. (laughs) Um, Yeah, our guests are uh, two uh, comedians, very successful comedians, Esther Koo and Rosie Tran. Rosie hosts her own podcast called Out of the Box. And... Who in the Gang is Esther's uh, podcast where she brings comedian guests on her show and discuss a bunch of things. Um, they've been on Last Comic Standing, uh, Wild and Out. They're, they're pretty successful. But the reason why they're on the show is because they have their own crypto podcast called the Hello, Crypti- Hello Crypto Kitty podcast. And they're, they're pretty consistent. And they're very knowledgeable. And it's entertaining. And um, we thought it would be a meld of the minds. Have them on. Have some laughs and kind of discuss her topics. And Corey's there, and he actually um, smiled a few times. It was
0: good. <laughs> I just don't. Do I not smile? Is that something I don't do?
1: It's
3: no, just, I know of it's, a smiler No, but I, I thought it was um, uh, genuine smiles. I
0: think. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Are most of my smiles disingenuine? That's good to know. <laughs>
4: well, you are, you're, you're an INTP, right, Corey? So yeah. You're, you're the warmest machine.
0: Yeah, there that's, you go.
4: That's, that's no. I, I'm giving you a hard time. It was fu- it was a fun time. <laughs> the cool. Machine.
0: I'm gonna. I want that t-shirt. I, I am the it. warmest machine. I
2: like that. That's a good one, Dylan. I hope you're listening. We need another one. All
3: right. Um, here it is. All right. Today is a uh today's a fun interview. Uh, I've never I've never really told anyone on the show about this about myself but my my last little project i had was a little website called japan cinema where i had like this creative spotlight series where i interviewed like margaret cho and lincoln park steve aoki and esther Koo, amongst hundreds of other people and now uh she's appearing on my other other side project. and i i promise i'm not stalking you it's just I, it's just a coincidence uh I, I just came across your show with you and Rosie Tran, and I, I got excited. That's what
5: I always say when they're stalking me.
3: Called out. The more you say it.
5: Performing at the comedy club down the corner. I swear I'm not stalking you.
3: Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag definitely stalking.
3: So Called I either out. just came across your show or Googled you super hard. Either way, I, I came across uh, the, the crypto uh, Hello Kitty uh, and it, 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 the space needs more women. It needs more entertainment. Uh, I feel like you guys are kind of hitting all the right notes. Uh, and I wanted to know what, you know, two highly successful comedians doing in the space. Cause you clearly don't need the money. You don't need the crypto gains. So I want to know kind of the motivation on kind of why you guys are here.
5: You know why I wanted to talk about crypto so badly and it kind of just grew organically because Rosie was on my podcast. And we ended up talking about crypto for 35 minutes on one one of my episodes. And I thought, it's just something that, like, it's just my personality that when I come across something that's really cool and that I like and it's beneficial to somebody, I just can't help but, like, tell people about it.
6: Yeah, Esther and I have been friends for a while and we've known each other and performed, but we both didn't know that we had this love of crypto and we can't stop talking about it. I tweet her and text her on a weekly, daily basis about crypto. <laughs> She's probably irritated with me.
5: <laughs> no, but it's just like, I just wanted to, like, we just, it just kind of grew organically because we both wanted to talk about crypto nonstop. And we were, <laughs> and also, like, it's something that I research on a daily basis that I'm constantly learning more about. Um, so I thought, why not do a podcast if I'm already researching all of the information about it anyway?
0: How do you? How did you get into the space in the first place? What, what what made you like take your take a moment and then dive into that rabbit hole as everybody does? Like how are you? How are you here?
5: Oh, how did we get into crypto? Yeah. Um, I have some friends who invested in it, and I had been sort of watching their, you know, watch them keep track of their crypto, and I. I thought, wow, this sounds really cool to get involved with. And I just love technology. So um, so I got into it later than Rosie did. Rosie got into it because she had a guest on her podcast.
6: Yeah, I had a guest on my podcast. I have another podcast called Out of the Box where I interview out-of-the-box thinkers. And it's not a comedy podcast at all. And I had several crypto um, – I had the founder of PinkCoin – which is um, an altcoin. And also I had David Seaman, who's really, really big in the crypto world, on my podcast. And my husband is a tech guy, so he wanted to start mining. And we were just like crypto crazy for the past three or four years before it went even crazier recently. And then our, our mutual friend, Yoshi Obayashi, who um, I think he, I don't know if he was on Esther's podcast or what was he doing, but he mentioned to her that she that I was also into crypto and then so when I did her podcast, we were just chatting about and we like couldn't stop. <laughs> well
3: yeah, so so between you know, out of the box podcasts, who and the gang, you're obviously comfortable behind the mic. Is talking about crypto on a podcast any different? Because you guys just said, like, I I want to tell more people about this, I want to let people know. But then there's that responsibility where, like, hey, you know, I listened to your podcast and bought in at nineteen thousand and what happened. <laughs>
6: Yeah, I feel like our podcast fans are fifty percent crypto fans, twenty five percent comedy fans, and then twenty five percent perverts. So it's like really random.
0: <laughs> you have that extra little like because I cause I'd like to think when you know comedians starting podcasts that grow into really big things is like Joe Rogan is the canonical example for me. He's like the Oprah of podcasts, and. But it's, it's he has this like sh- strange giant fan base of people who like love UFC, people who love comedy, people who love like interesting concepts and open thinking, and then people who love drugs. You also have perverts, and uh, uh, how do, and now you have crypto heads. Like how do you like <laughs> is it, is, 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 are the, is the fan base of the different podcasts drastically different in like the type of feedback you get, or is it all pretty much the same?
6: Uh, Well, my podcast is just an audio only, and so we don't have comments the way it is on Periscope, and Mm -hmm. and so is Esther's. I mean, hers is not – so our Hello Crypto Kitty is the only one where we get comments where we can, like, see feedback. So I don't know what –
5: Yeah, I think I'm more passionate about crypto than I am for my other podcast because my other podcast, people kept emailing me, like, can you put on video? Put on video, you know? And I was just like, yeah, whatever.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but then for
5: some reason, for some reason when you and I started, I was just like, Oh, let's periscope it. So I'm I don't know, it just seems so much more fun to like We really
6: got into it. I mean, I don't know if you guys are a fan of Hello Crypto Kitty, but we have our cat ears. Like it's very silly. Oh, yeah. It's so very crypto, you know, it's very different because I know Ku in the gang, she's interviewing these interesting comedians and and other people. And it's funny, but it can also be serious and out of the box. It's definitely a very serious podcast. You know, I've had like Nobel Peace Prize winners and stuff on there. So it's very different, the audience for sure. And I think, it's, you know, a lot of the crypto podcasts, one of the reasons we decided to do it is because Esther was watching crypto videos on YouTube. And she's like, Rosie, these are so boring.
1: <laughs> Some of <these> are boring.
6: <laughs> we need to do it and we need to do it in a fun and exciting way. So that's why we kind of you know, sometimes we get off topic and we talk about silly stuff and we have our cat
5: ears to bring a little bit of, you know, crypto doesn't have to be so serious. Well, but the main reason why I wanted to do the crypto podcast is just because I like sharing cool things with people. And I I really think that crypto is something that could help a lot of people who are working menial day jobs and not, you know, they're not realizing that they could actually, you know, put together a nice nest egg uh, on crypto. And I just- really like helping people and, but ironically, sometimes this shit comes to bite us in the ass because people make fun of us being <laughs> being into crypto and they think that it's a, a Ponzi scheme or they openly mock me and, or, or I have some of my Periscope followers being like, mommy, what happened to you? You're like, you can't stop talking about this weird crypto thing. <laughs> so, um, you know, I wasn't expecting that, I guess. Um, but, uh, I just, I just really believe in it, and I believe in the technology, and I just think that it could help a lot of people.
3: Did 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 Ellen DeGeneres undo all the hard work you guys have done over the months? I, <laughs> <with> <laughs> I actually comparing was, blockchain to a goat.
6: I was happy when she 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 brought it up. Yes, she was making fun of it, but to me, to talk about cryptocurrency and Ellen is really really making it mainstream. So. You know, I, I look up crypto news every day and, and retweet stuff out, and I, sometimes I see positive stuff, and sometimes I see negative stuff, and I just think the more information out there, unless it's complete fake news, is great because it's just bringing more awareness to the space.
5: No, I'm um, yeah. yeah, no, I'm fine with Ellen doing that. Uh, if anything, I gave Ronnie, what's his name on the Daily Show, Ronnie Chang.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: Did you see? Did you see his crypto video that he yeah. did?
0: Yeah. That was pretty good.
5: Yeah. <laughs> well, it was no, but It was very. It was funny, but it was very anti crypto. And I texted him, and I go, uh, "Way to be anti crypto!" And <laughs> because he was making fun uh, of it. That's
0: like, the as thing it though? It's like it doesn't. That doesn't really matter. I mean, it's good that it gets the attention, but in the end, we all like. I'm. I've spent a significant portion of my life researching this so that I understand that it's not a scam. It's not a Ponzi scheme. This is a real, legitimate way that's just going to change the world. So this type of stuff doesn't really bother me too much because I know that in the end they're just going to be proven wrong. And more often than not, there's a lot of people that hear that maybe look it up and then say, Oh, this, there's something here. This can change to what I do. And then they hear people like you. celebrities, celebrities that they that they, that they follow, that they admire also talking about it as passionate as you clearly are. And it just like, there's more legitimate reinforcement than there is people just kind of making fun of it.
5: Um, I don't know. There, I feel like it's half and half. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't see so many legitimate places or the legitimate people that are out there are still getting mocked because I still think that we're still in the early stages.
1: Oh, for I sure. I still
6: think
5: we're in the early stages too, which I think is
6: awesome. That means there's still so much time for growth and for uh, for understanding about the technology. The thing is, it does take a little while to understand it. I read up on crypto maybe three years ago, and it took me a couple months to understand what it was. I was like, I don't get it. Blockchain, this. like you, sometimes people hear jargon and their head just spins. So words like blockchain, words like, you know, like Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ether, you know, tr- trading platforms, things like that, especially for someone who doesn't know anything about investing, just basic investing in the stock market or any other type of investment. It's really overwhelming. And so it's easy to be like, oh, it's a scam. It's not legit. It's stupid. And because they don't understand what it is. You know, my little sister is a PhD student and I've explained it to her like 10 times and she still doesn't get it. So some people What does she get her PhD in? In uh, literature. Oh. So I just think some people <laughs> they just <can get>
2: <laughs> Oh. oh.
6: <laughs> so she's a brainhead, she's a smarty, and she just doesn't understand what it is. So but a lot of times when people tweet at me, troll stuff. By what they're tweeting, I already like just ignore it because i I can tell by what they're saying they're completely clueless
3: and that, and that's the thing is like you know someone like Ellen uh, I'm sure you guys can relate as comedians, people always expect you to be on or funny all the time, so like she had this opportunity to bring like maybe a little self education on it, but instead she just made jokes oh it's a digital goat, you know, and now those people whose heads are spinning with the jargon. Well, they're going to write it off as something silly, or it's difficult.
0: It's really difficult because, like you said, it is a really difficult, complex technology. If we're trying to think, like if we're going to say this is going to reshape the world, we're rebuilding the internet, we're changing the way people's like people's lives interact with like online value exchange. It's not going to be something that just clicks into your head. It's but then how do you then make it light and understandable for other people? It's not an easy job. None of, this, none of this should be easy. If it was easy, it already would have been done.
5: I don't know. We're Asian, so it's easy for us to understand.
0: <laughs> just, well, y'all just get things.
5: <laughs> yeah. Well, like, one way I think that it could change the world is, like, okay, I don't know if you guys watched CNN yesterday with the in Sunrise, Florida, with the kids standing all up the to all? the politicians. Um, no. Yeah, the talk that they had. And one of the students asked Marco Rubio, what if we gave you the money— that you get from the nra would you vote no and i'm I'm looking at that thinking well bitcoin can solve that problem like there are people who i'm sure are against guns in schools and you know automatic rifles if, if they could buy out these politicians because they these you know these brainiac kids who invested four years ago could buy out marco rubio they're probably they're <laughs> probably
0: right. They can send it in like you know in, in an instant. You yeah, <laughs> just have like, to your wallet.
5: What if that seventeen year old kid was like, "Hey, Marco, shut the fuck up." <laughs> I, I just I just light coined my way into into your pocket. Now vote for us. You know, be on our side. Like that's that. Those are the ways I feel like you know crypto can change the world because now that the right people have money. Or, you know, the smarter people have money rather than just the NRA people. So we could change the
0: world. I think you just came up with like the next best thing is trying to figure out how to get politicians wallets so we could then sway them into voting how we want them to.
5: <laughs> exactly. Oh, like these big corporations, you know, they're they're losing power as little people like us are gaining power. Well, that's something that's interesting that you brought up, too, because as, as you guys know,
6: with Bitcoin and Ether, the, you know, and wallets, there's a public ledger. So that's another way to see who's donating money, right? There's a lot of super PACs and other privacy and government you know, funding. If you're forcing politicians to take money through cryptocurrency, that public ledger is going to be out there.
0: Assuming you have the connection between the address and the person. So you can publish that and then watch where all of that money goes. Correct. I, 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 I just sometimes sit and stare at the wall and try and think about those types of things and like what the future is going to look like. Because like you said, this is all really, really, really early. Who the hell knows what this is going to look like later on down the line. But even just thinking about what we can do now and like extrapolating out until five, 10 years from now and trying to think of like how we track politicians and money or like the government flow of money. And the you, you'll be, we'll be able to see all those inefficiencies or efficiencies and see where money comes from. That's, That's ridiculously awesome or crazy or weird or scary. I don't know. Well,
5: you know, crypto is a good barometer for how uh, corrupt these politicians are because, you know, that one politician in Korea, we talked about that one guy who is um, manipulating the price by saying that it was, you know, that, that saying that it's going to be regulated. And he pulled out right before he announced that it was going to be regulated, right when everybody sold and lost their money. And meanwhile, he cashed out right before. Yeah. So. I think, you know, politicians will be held more accountable now that, you know, we have this space.
3: Yeah, that South Korean cryptocurrency regulator uh, ended up being found dead in this home two days ago. Yeah. Is, the,
6: is that the guy who... Yeah, he had a quote-unquote heart attack, but you can,
5: you can
3: initiate that's, heart attack.
5: Wait, wait,
3: wait. He's pretty that, skinny for a heart attack.
5: Is that the guy who... Is that the guy I was talking about? Yeah, he had a heart attack. Yeah. Oh, the one who pulled out all his money before.
0: Uh...
5: I haven't read that story yet. I saw the headline, but
0: might have been. I don't. I don't know. I have. I have no input into this conversation right now.
5: They, they don't know. They can't. They can't tell Asians' party.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
3: let me. Let me preface by saying my wife is Korean, so I got a leg up on it.
0: My wife is extra white. My wife is very white. Extra (laughs) (laughs) white. She's got two legs up. (laughs) Yeah.
3: You guys know, you guys, uh, and this will tell you how early are you? You guys familiar with Theo Vaughn? I'm sure you've met him before.
6: Yeah. I know Theo. He went
3: to college with my sister at LSU. Oh, Small World. Yeah. He's making his feature film debut in a Bitcoin film, and it's this comedy uh it's a story of two down on their luck brothers who try to sell a bitcoin wallet worth 20 mil on the black market I, I don't even know if
0: that even makes sense Why does it have to be on the black market why yeah <laughs> you know what i mean
5: <laughs> just to make the movie sound better well,
0: uh, like dope like the, the movie dope it talked about bitcoin but it was about like you know selling drugs and trying to do things in a, just a kind of under the radar I, I feel like anybody who makes a movie these days isn't doing things to help per- crypto move along the right direction because the, the, the mass amount of people who see that type of stuff are like, what? Oh, it just reaffirms all those bad things I heard from all the other shitty resources that I see. Digital, digital goats and black write market.
5: write a, a positive crypto movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: Get your PhD <laughs> sister to, to write something. <laughs>
5: She would write a negative crypto movie. Yeah, she wouldn't uh,
0: understand. Well, we need you gotta these. you gotta get her on board.
5: We gotta we gotta write a movie where like two superhero Asian girls save the world with the crypto that they made, even though they grew up little poor immigrants in, <laughs> in America.
0: All right, well then you have to come up with names right now as to what your superhero Asian girls' names are. <laughs>
5: um Savannah. <laughs> Ether girl. <laughs>
0: I'd watch that movie. Ether girl
3: and,
5: and you know we say, ether we say
0: girl little, and Savannah.
5: Maybe, maybe maybe we we take a trip to North Korea and we prevent Kim Jong Un from bombing the whole United States by uh, offering some crypto. And we, like we, we buy rice. We buy rice for all the North Koreans. Wow.
0: <laughs> this movie
3: hey, writes James itself. Franco's in there for some reason. Yeah, you know. <laughs> So when you when you read like Andreas Antonopoulos' book, everything makes sense. Everything is intriguing. You, nothing is you know, your eyes don't gloss over.
5: Esther's still finishing it. Esther, what do you well, think? Well, my eyes are always glossed over because I smoke a lot of marijuana.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs>
3: potcoins. Um
5: potcoins. But um no, I when I read Andreas' book, uh, it makes sense to me. Like it... It, it reaffirms everything, all the talks that I've watched him on YouTube on, and I um, it just confirms that this is really the future.
0: Do you have any questions?
5: Are you Andres? Uh... <laughs> I
0: will. I can say I can explain things quite well. <laughs> I'm 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 comfortable yeah. in explaining yeah. things. A
3: PhD.
5: A PhD in what?
0: Computational physics.
5: PhD in crypto. <laughs> oh, are you a, phys- wow. are you a physics uh, doctorate?
0: Yeah, I have a, I have a PhD in computational physics, and then I quit that to join, to just go full scale, full tilt on crypto a couple of years ago. And then I've been in the space wow. since you know,
5: then. My college boyfriend was a physics major. I think physics guys are always the creepiest.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, well, that's I, the thing, like, I've been called the day walker for many years. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I can go out in social crowds and not be too creepy. But I'm—it's in there. It's in there somewhere.
3: <laughs> yeah, he. All, and thats gonna much- impress you, ladies. But I have an art degree. Yeah, oh, arts major. Cool. Nice. So there's this uh, contrast between you know what kind of Corey brings and kind of what I bring to the table. But you can't stump that guy. I guarantee it. So if you have any questions, I hope so.
5: Um, questions from, about, um, crypto.
0: Sure. Or life. Or, I, or I can't life. give life. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I'm not good at that. Let's not go there.
5: Um, I know I have a question. How do you replace the battery in your car key?
0: That in your car. <laughs> you got to crack that thing open with a knife, man.
5: I think there's a, there's a little screw in oh, here. Oh, in your can... car
0: key, you have like a new car that has like, it looks like a switchblade, but it's a key. Bob? No, there's there's like a little screwdriver.
5: I just got to get a tiny screwdriver.
0: Sure, that thing's like proprietary. How how often are you using your car keys to wear that battery down?
5: I mean, I don't know. It's not based on my usage. I think it's just it just died.
0: I've never heard of a key fob going out of battery.
6: (laughs) (laughs) We could we could move on. What? Okay. So what happens if you lose your your login or your key on a wallet, you're just screwed, right? Because well, I depends. have uh, a couple light Litecoins in, in a wallet that got,
0: um, got locked. So, okay. <laughs> a couple questions to start off. Did you encrypt that wallet? Did you, did you put a password that encrypted the wallet? So like yeah, when you tried I to did. get into it, you had to put your password into it? All I right. did. Did you forget the password? Did you, did you lose the entire thing?
6: I forgot the
0: password. Okay. Then that could potentially, depending on how good your password is, if it's like dog123, that can be fixed through a few techniques for cracking passwords. If you lost the entire wallet or you lost the hard drive with the wallet existed on, that it's gone. It's just, it's like, that's what's interesting about a lot of this stuff. It's like you can't call your bank and ask them to give you a new password. You can have access to your money it's literally like if you have a wallet in your back pocket full of cash and you lose that it's now gone but if it's just the password and the password wasn't incredibly good there are chances that it can be cracked and services that are provided uh, throughout the space that can help you get that money back really? i can help you do that if you if you need if you need it but wow more often than not like even if you like format a hard drive, you can actually format a hard drive if you don't do a really, really, really thorough format and still get those crypto coins back. Because when you usually format a hard drive, you don't really do anything. You just set a few zeros and it looks like it's gone. So more often, like a lot of people who think that they've lost a lot of coins haven't lost any coins. And there are services out there that can help you get them back for a fee, of course. They charge like 10% usually.
6: It's worth it.
0: Yeah, it's worth it. <laughs> it. It definitely is, but I think what you like, it, you pointed to something that I like. I've been harping on for a long time, and that's people like just assume that they can always get their passwords back or like things like that. And the way that they treat this type of thing usually means they lose their money, and then they think it's all garbage. And it's 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 weird. It's going to take a long time for people to kind of get past that and start to realize that it's like sending cash over the internet. And if someone steals it, it's gone. Or if you lose it, it's gone. I still have it. It's just locked. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's overcomable. There are people that can help you with that.
5: Or you could just sit there and try every single password. But you probably created a new password for that because you want it to be good. You know, yeah, it's like,
6: I think it was like, like a super hard password.
5: It's like when I was a kid, like we always had to hide our food in our rooms because there were five kids. And we each had our time with the freezer to hide our popsicles. And sometimes <laughs> your mom finds it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes you hide your weed so good, you don't even find <laughs> it.
1: That was for a, like a hard
0: escalation. Popsicles in the freezer <laughs> to hide your weed. <laughs> I'm going to hide this for a special day. And then one day, five years down the road, you're like, oh shit, that weed I hid.
5: For, for the majority of us, you know, we're not going to get broken into or your house is not going to burn down. I mean, there are those cases where people's houses have burned down and then their fireproof, safe, saved their treasures and stuff. But for the majority of us, I feel like your password is safe in your house, right? Yeah,
0: it depends. Um, we if you're storing it on a computer that's connected to the Internet. There are people are getting more and more sophisticated on putting malware and viruses and bots on computers that are looking for the standard place where people store cryptocurrency. Like for a long time, wallet.dat files of the Bitcoin mining software were vulnerable, and things like that. I mean, if you have a hardware wallet, you're safe. You're fine. Yeah,
6: I think Esther was talking about a hardware wallet. Yeah, but if yeah. you're just like
0: storing some money on a on like a, a like a. Like a JSON file on your hard drive and then clicking on a bunch of porn sites, you might have a problem.
5: Wow. Especially you know, if... porn porn is the problem.
0: As always. You just figured it out.
5: Wow. No wonder I'm so productive because I ain't addicted to porn.
0: Lucky you.
6: So what are some of the so what are some really good um hater rebuttals because i i spend oh that's a good question because i spend my days uh tweeting out positive crypto news i like to tweet at least two to three positive crypto stories every day because a lot of the negative stories i think are i don't want to say fake news but it's definitely sensationalized bs if you Mm -hmm. ask me um and almost every single time without fail when i tweet out a positive crypto story i'll get a couple responses and then i'll always get one hater that's like whatever whatever insert You know, standard hater comment. And I never respond to them because I don't want to justify their BS. But I'm sure you guys have people all the time that are making comments about crypto.
3: Yeah, I tell them to invest in BitConnect or buy Tron. (laughs) (laughs) And I just let the actions take care of that.
6: By the way, have you guys seen that BitConnect guy, Carlos? Oh my God. What's
3: up? What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up?
6: Whenever I'm depressed, I just watch that video. He needs to be on the Bitcoin podcast. <laughs> that
1: yeah, guy
3: he, isn't hiding somewhere in Cuba. I don't know where he, he is nowadays. Like,
0: yeah, he, he, I don't know if you would join us. he would be like a voice modulated and like have a shadow and all kinds of things.
3: Yeah, yeah, he's.
6: There, the internet is so awesome though because there's so many memes that have come out of that. It's like there's literally hundreds on YouTube. It just brings me joy watching it.
3: Yeah, they do like what's up techno remixes, and I just waste an hour at work watching them.
0: <laughs> who has, like, I want to know the people who are making these things because I, like, they they're awesome. either really, really good at making these things really quickly or they have a lot of time on their hands. And I appreciate that. I love that they do.
5: Definitely a lot of time. <laughs>
0: yeah, right, but ladies, like, so
3: we got go a, uh, I know they had another uh, prior engagement, so I don't know if you want to hit them with the 10 words, and then we can kind of wrap.
0: Absolutely. So this is going to go for both of you. I'll let both of you answer this one. It's what we ask every guest that comes on the show. In 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin?
5: Oh, hmm. (sighs) 10 words or less. One two. Three. Ha-
6: Can I just use Andress's Internet of Money? <laughs> Absolutely,
0: it's 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 a really yeah. good one. So I, I appreciate that. You can't use the same one, though. So you have to make up something else. She already did it.
5: Um. Okay. Bitcoin is the best. The best. Wait. Bitcoin is the best form of technology since the internet.
0: I like the robotic <laughs> I like the robotic answer as you, I I know you have your fingers up as you're yeah, doing it too. Up, yeah. <laughs> All right.
3: Yeah, we'll take that. Well, you know the the Hello Crypty uh sorry, that's a tongue twister. Hello Crypto Kitty podcast is always always welcome on the network. That's an open invite. Uh whenever you guys want. Uh, but I'm sure it's just a fun project for you guys for now, but that offer is on the table. And uh. um yeah, for sure. And uh, we can find you at uh,
0: Funny Rosie and Esther Cuckoo on Twitter. Uh, where,
3: are,
5: pl- where are you guys based out
0: of? I live in Maryland. I'm close to Fort Meade, up a little above the DC. I used to, we're all from Texas, but I moved up here for a job. Chet in Austin. And our third co-host, which is currently in the air right now, flying somewhere, is uh, lives out of San Antonio Texas.
3: Yeah, I'm right by the Cap City uh comedy club in Austin.
6: Oh cool. Yeah, you'll have to request us.
3: <laughs> Is that how that works now? Like you like I guess if you book like you have to get special requests from whoever runs the club.
6: Yeah, so whenever you go to a comedy club on the table they have these little like four by six index cards. And it says, who would you like to see at the comedy club? And most people just ignore them or throw them away or whatever. But if you fill those out and you request the crypto kitties, then we'll be
5: there.
3: All right. See you in Austin soon. Hopefully Do you
5: guys have any other crypto would know, be awesome. <laughs> if We could turn this into a comedy tour.
0: Oh man. <laughs> crypto
5: comedy tour, You're right?
0: onto we'll something.
5: We'll go to Maryland. We'll go to Texas. We'll go where all of our crypto people are. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have and
3: I, will, of- I will sponsor that.
0: No, we'll make that happen.
5: (laughs) That'd be awesome, I'm a big fan
0: of comedy. I'm a big fan of crypto. And then then
5: it could be like a comedy crypto meetup. Like, you know how some people at comedy shows, they just leave right after the show? Afterwards, it'll be a crypto meetup.
0: I'll tell you what. That sounds way more fun than traditional meetups. I'll tell you that much. Yeah.
5: Well, then maybe we should do it, but like not at traditional comedy clubs. We'll just do like rock venues and... Music venues, you know. We should do that. That
3: was like a great idea.
0: All right. Do you guys have any more crypto questions for the Crypto Kitties? What's your favorite? What's your favorite altcoin? Hit them with your favorite altcoin. This is hashtag not investment advice. Kucoin. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
6: laughs> uh, I still love my DigiByte, even though it's been down.
0: Sometimes you're gonna hold on like a like a like a sports fan. I love. Who's my- your favorite?
6: Even though everyone
3: who's keeps your, saying pump and dump i don't think it's a pump and dump who's your favorite korean cryptocurrency regulator everyone has their favorite
5: kim coin yeah all
3: right guys i know you guys have to get going uh um, but hopefully you know that you know, that wasn't just a fun idea. I, I'd love to flesh out idea and, and collaborate some more. So um, hopefully we can connect again in the future.
5: Yo, for sure.
0: Thanks, guys.
3: And that was the interview with
2: Rosie Tran and Esther Koo. We hope you enjoyed it. RIPO, awesome, comedians. It was good. So good. It was good. I found Esther Koo. There's this show. That my younger sister used to watch and when I came in from college to visit, she was always watching it. And it was called like Girl Code on MTV. And it was basically like girl comedians would come on the show. It was like uh do you guys remember Talk Soup? Yep. Yeah. It was like that kind of. Like a bunch of female comedians would go on talk about like the female experience, like stuff like, I hate it when I'm out with my girls and like a guy comes up and he's like, "Hey, I'm attracted to you and want to dance with you," and I'm like, "Uh, go away!" Like that kind of stuff. Cool. It was funny though.
4: How awful.
2: You should be. It was a, a fun show. I think it's still
0: on. <laughs> um. So what?
2: Wait. <laughs> i was just saying that
4: that's that's actually funny actually i did a presentation with a customer and like one of the slides with blockchain i literally put up so what after we described everything we just did because a lot of people are having a hard time like getting the point so i I mean it literally made an entire slide that said so what well that was a funny show
2: that i watched with esther ku on it that's what oh
0: she was on it i didn't catch that part okay I thought you were just talking about a random MTV show that you used to I watch. I
2: started that conversation with, I found Esther Koo because of...
0: Oh, maybe I was daydreaming. dreaming You were uh, <laughs> Funny. Um, What do you want to talk about?
2: <laughs> There's a couple things I want to talk about. But Cello, you go first. You had some good stuff. No, I didn't. We are you talking about? Oh. What? Okay. What well, did I want to talk about? I'm... I'm I I'm actually kind of like leaning towards the, I'm probably gonna lose some fans here, uh-oh, for saying what I'm saying. But I think that crypto's always gonna be throttled by the fact that there's no solid regulation surrounding how like advising people how to interact with it. Why? Because it keeps doors shut. That's it.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, think about it, right? We were trying to like do things, trying to get legit from a business sense. And the old lawyer's like, I don't know how to work with this stuff. And it's like, dude, dude, like, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Just, there's no regulatory. I guess framework for how this stuff is going to affect our lives.
0: Okay. I'll give you that. And, um, people are afraid to to build businesses because they don't know what the implications are going to be, um, in regards to like the legality of that business. So they don't do it using the technology, which means that people aren't using the technology. Is that a good kind of almost summary of what you're talking about?
2: Yeah. That's why I like to see stuff like this. Like, okay, so apparently, like, the registered crypto exchanges in Japan have all agreed to, like, self-regulate.
0: Sure.
3: Why would you lose fans over that opinion?
2: Oh, because, like, a lot of people in crypto are like, you don't need no governance. We could be hella anarchy all day, every day. No laws.
3: No, the space has to mature a little bit.
0: I think there's, there's value in the, the people that want to try and build something without any laws, because it gives you a test cases on how things actually work when you don't do that. And there may be, there may be circumstances where that works, but to say that everything can work that way is just purely asinine. It's, it's, it's dumb.
2: Like I get anarchists and I even get libertarians and then there's that crazy gray area in between anarchy and libertarian, where people think that like, a no government is actually a great idea, and they're they really trying to push for that. Like anarchists, I think, are just playing a game.
0: I think people who say no government is a really good idea never tried to build something that got to a point where they needed to like coordinate a, a large group of people, even like even like a like a swap meet, they never coordinated a swap meet or like a local thing. They just, they just, yeah, they, they should.
4: They should just like try and teach a can, kindergarten class. That's what okay. they should do. Yeah, because like that's what really boils down to is like kids are just like the basic base level human, and like can you imagine a kindergarten class that tries to teach itself? Like you know, <laughs> oh, that's yeah. That would You, you be... need a teacher. You need somebody who's kind of like guiding them to show them, like, like these are the rules. This is how things are supposed to go, and enforce them. And then, like, I mean, I could not imagine like a bunch of five-year-olds managing themselves. And society is really complex. And you know, we need we need people who specialize in guiding people. Mm-hmm. Here's know, here's
0: the obvious people. here's the obvious rebuttal: is that why should someone else tell me how to live my life or um tell me what i can and can't do or have control over certain aspects of my life that i that i i should have control of now that's clearly the complete opposite there's a middle ground of what the government what a government should and shouldn't be able to do which is definitely open up for debate in a lot of different ways but to say that we have we don't need any organizational structure to take care of like who's going to build the roads and the water systems and then secure those things um or like and then the yeah, money like, that comes from those like, things is well,
4: to go back to like hey who should who should tell me what i can and cannot do well you nobody is there's just consequences to those actions and like we need systems that can enforce those consequences otherwise you're up to yourself and you're on your own for everything that doesn't feel good if somebody comes in and breaks into your house and you have nobody to call because there's no such there's no police like that's that sucks you know um, so we I'm have on. laws to protect ourselves as much as we have it to protect each other so uh, there is a balance See, right I'm, I'm on
3: the, the judge dread system
0: i don't think we should have law. <laughs> the the <end> law. Law.
3: <laughs> we should have judges yeah
0: as long as they get those like cool outfits the and, and
3: rebuttal
2: to your rebuttal of who who should tell me what to do is that's the thing is that you are telling yourself what to do a teacher was an emergent property from society evolving that we decided we needed. We got all these kids running around not doing shit. We're gonna tell, a, we're gonna take a person, and that person is gonna impart on these kids the things that we think are important in order to keep society going. So it's not like it's not someone telling you what to do. It's you. you we're telling ourselves what to do.
0: So it's like it's specialization, it's specialization, it's and delegation. Because like it's like if someone has spent a shitload of time studying something and have a lot of experience in something, I'm going to delegate my opinion to his, his advice or his expertise so that I can focus on things that I want to do. People specialize in, in, and do roles in society so that everyone can be happy doing the things that they want to do. And then other people who don't want to do that stuff, delegate the tasks to them. And that's always going to happen because people are different and want to do different things. Like I don't, I don't know. And, and then there's like just base infrastructure that most people don't want to have to worry about because they want to worry about other things. For instance, I'm on well water now in this new house that I built. So I have a well and it's, the water's kind of gross. So I have this massive filtration system and it's kind of a pain in the ass. Uh, it'd be way cooler to be on city water because I can trust that the whole system that's put in place, that infrastructure to make clean water to serve a shitload of people will probably be the same for me. And I don't have to worry about that anymore and or the, or the cleaning system and all the infrastructure that I have in my house that take care of it.
4: So to tie this back to like blockchain for a second, you've got this trust mechanism that, that you know, like the society is going to build do this correctly and stuff. Um, but it's all it's all decided by consensus. Like we all kind of agree to some what we might not agree 100 percent on everything that's going on in society, but like we go along with it, which is consensus by you know having a voice but still understanding that everything was was agreed upon way before we came along and then if we need to change it we need to speak up um and we need to rally people to change the consensus but you know ultimately i feel like everybody's like oh the government can't you are the government like the government can't make me do this you are the government okay mm-hmm. you know you we are all participants in society and therefore we are all the government um, and I think it's just really topsy turvy, and as it seems almost like a mo- mostly American concept that you know the government is some enemy or some force to mm, um, to fight us. Maybe but
0: not. No, I don't know.
4: I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Russia,
0: China, Venezuela. Like, if you think about like South, North Korea. There, there are certain instances oh, well, of to- governments who are, you know. A lot different, and that the they, like more the people are against them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're much more of like a fair nation that still has that 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 opinion.
4: And maybe we're fair because we have that opinion, but I don't know. It seems like some European nations are doing doing all right without that opinion. So I don't know. But either way, consensus still kind of drives yeah. a, a significant portion of how our at least our society operates. And to be truthful, it also even in like North Korea or even in like Russia. I feel like even then, if like if people were unhappy, that's bad for security, for a government, any government. Um, that's that's how you know like dictatorships get overthrown. So they're just trying to keep the baseline minimum level of like you know comfort, so that people aren't aren't going to revolution them out of office, um, which has happened in say Russia before. <laughs> We're getting revolutioned today, guys. Pack up your things. <laughs>
0: I think that's it. that's it. Let's wrap this up because we're running pretty long on the episode here. We are? Yeah. Oh, crap.
3: Uh, I got to plug our uh, our uh, conference affiliates.
0: Yeah, plug them. Plug away. All
3: right. We will be at the Crypto Invest Summit. Unless we're planning on it. Join us for two days. of Presentation, pitches, panels, all that good stuff. With industry leaders, visit CryptoInvestSummit.io for more information. Uh, Also, get your ticket for Asia's biggest and first cryptocurrency event, the CryptoCon.com. That's going on March 23rd. And also, Token 2049 is going on March 20th and the 21st in Hong Kong, where they organize the largest digital asset event in Asia. Um, Please go to Token2049.com and get your tickets.
0: Exposed oh, for both fanatics. That looks this place looks huge.
3: Yeah. Hey Colin, if if uh if Batman was filling out a police report, would his occupation be ninja or detective?
4: Detective. He's not a ninja, he's a samurai. Oh. I the...
3: thought
2: he was a ninja. He's
4: even said that in the comics. I don't I don't value ninjas. I value samurai. Ninjas are sneaky and underhanded and and blah blah blah. And he's like, I like to come at somebody and just be like
2: yeah, he learned jitsu.
4: He learned everything. He did learn it. Probably everything. learned Krav too. To make him, he's 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 uh, he's he's a he's, he's, uh, he's a uh, a very well educated martial arts expert.
3: I didn't expect you to give me such a serious answer. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah.
0: Coming through, coming through <laughs> with the answer. It's supposed to be Thank a joke, turned serious.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. <laughs> <laughs> he sex such a serious. <laughs> I loved it. it Batman perfect. is serious
0: business, man. You
4: know, you it gotta, is. Gotta, you gotta,
2: Don't don't mess around with Batman. <laughs> Who taught him how to change his voice, and how does he not accidentally do it in regular conversation? That's what I want to know.
4: Oh, I think he does when he just wants to hint that he might be Batman. Yeah, like yeah. you know.
2: Where do you want to go for lunch? Subway. <laughs> hey, you say that, like
3: that. Oh, I'm sorry, man. It's just a. No, he did say that when he was by himself. Remember, uh, on the roof when they left? And he goes, that's what that feels like. And I'm like, why did you have to say it in that voice? You're by yourself.
4: Well, actually, he's even said something with regard to that. Batman has said uh, that actually Bruce Wayne is his is his secret identity. And his real identity is Batman. Really? Yeah. That's how he feels. Uh-huh. Learning something. <laughs> so
0: Little did you know, Colin knows many things about Batman. And you asked him <laughs> the perfect question. Yeah. <laughs> All right,
3: test her
4: jubilee knowledge.
0: (laughs) Firework hands.
4: (laughs) She's actually one of the most powerful X Men. God damn it! Oh no! I have I have to ask why. God damn it! Why is uh, she the most powerful X Men? Oh, what's that? That comic, the 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 new gen generation of X Men comics that came out like late nineties. She somebody stole her powers and didn't realize how much restraint she was actually practicing. By only like shooting fireworks out of her hands. And he kind of let loose and wound up blowing up an entire city block in like an instant.
0: Oh, so she's worthless by choice. That's cool.
4: Yeah, she's she's <laughs> she's literally choosing to hold it in because she knows she could pretty much blow up anything. But it's like even it wasn't even beknownst to her. It wasn't until somebody stole her powers that they realized. Oh, she didn't even crap, know.
0: She didn't even know she, she was worthless. She, so she's she extra worthless. She, cool. She's,
4: she can like shatter <laughs> continents with like her mind like okay. fingers or whatever. She's actually Wait, pretty who, powerful.
3: Someone would call that untapped potential, but Corey calls it extra worthless.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think, personally, I think, okay, you're not blowing up city blocks. You're awesome, Jubilee. Thank you. Wait, he keeps shooting I, fireworks. I like you
2: better that way. Why doesn't Professor X say anything to her? He can read her he, mind. Hey, maybe
4: he put the block in. The dude's Professor X is a shady dude, man. That guy is a manipulative jerk. Like there's a lot of crappy stuff oh, that no. guy does. Don't no, no, you
0: ever no, say something profound. about? He's just
4: diving Sir into Sir Patrick brains, practicing surgery on what their willpower is, and like completely like, like come on, the guys, the guys like got a god complex. Like whoa, you would make you the know? darkest
2: X Men movie of all time.
4: <laughs> yes, do. oh, it would definitely be one where where Professor X was was a total jerk, which he has been in the past. Anyway, they like, he's faked that. his desk, like, so many times, too. It's like, come on, man. Stop playing with people's emotions.
2: They hinted on that in the, that second X-Men movie, Days of Future Past, where they went back in time, and he was, like, kind of a dick.
4: He's always like, oh, I have so many regrets. Like, but, like, he tries to act like he's, his nose is clean, but his nose isn't clean. He's, he's no better than Magneto.
2: Standard issues Sith versus Jedi. Action any, going
4: on. Exactly. Exactly. That's a perfect talk- comparison. <laughs> We've got to wrap this up. So, <laughs> can
0: you can find forever. us at Twitter at the BTC podcast. You can find me at at Dimitri at at Fertilati. Cello at at Mojin Cello. Colin, do you use Twitter? Colin, yeah, use Twitter. At
4: Colin, at Colin Couchet.
0: Couchet. is spelled C-U-S-C-E. And the Colin is spelled like Colin.
4: Two L's. Two L's.
0: Isn't that how you spell Colin?
4: No, most people actually get it wrong and spell it with one L.
0: Oh, well, how about that? And uh, if you search Bitcoin Podcast on Google, that's us. You can click on that. There's a link to the Slack in the homepage with the big button that says Slack. If you want to give us money? We're working on that. Pass. There's probably Good a button. On that. Probably a but- Good <laughs> luck. <laughs> we don't make it easy for you. There's probably a link somewhere on the webpage. We'll make it it's better. It's a
3: journey. Sh- show notes have uh, donation uh Addresses.
0: Oh, show notes have donation addresses now. Yeah. Yep. That's easy. We're, Click on those. We there. Um, we'll have that store open by
2: 2022.
0: Once we get some lawyer stuff figured out, we will have a store open that has all kinds of stupid swag that has our logo on it. And you can wear around and show your friends how much better you are than them because you listen to us.
2: And we're going to sell yogurt.
0: No, we're oh, not.
4: Like Icelandic skyr Or like you know, nah, just Greek yogurt? Or like, what are you into?
0: We, don't, well, we
2: are going to try so to get like, like, branded butcher boxes that you we're can sell. Like,
0: definitely, you know, getting getting definitely getting action figures. Definitely oh, getting action figures.
2: Action figures will be a must.
0: So yeah. so, yeah, look out for all kinds of cool stuff. I want my action figure to look like Black Hagar. Who's Hagar?
1: <laughs> yeah, like Hagar.
3: From Street Fighter? How about, the, how about the guy in Double Dragon that busts through brick walls? So this... That's a bad guy. I want to be a good guy. Who's Hagar? Hagar's the guy Haggar's, who wears suspenders uh, for no reason.
2: Havar, Hagar was a mayor turned crime fighter because his daughter was kidnapped. And so he went to, in order to turn to a crime fighter, he took off his white undershirt and one strap on his overall and took the other strap and put it diagonally. He's a Zangief he with suspenders. That's all he is. Uh, careful now. There's, <laughs> there's a difference Hagar and Zangief. Okay. Huge difference.
0: Y'all uh, should have a lore right. off eventually, not on air. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Anyways, we should wrap this up.
0: We are, we this. tried you to. You want this episode this be four hours having. long,
2: talking about X Men and Hagger? Yeah, <laughs> three, three hours later. So that's why Magneto had that scar. No, all right. So
4: uh, stay tuned for the uh, the after hours podcasting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll podcast it to you on YouTube. You can catch us at
3: <laughs> for the Patreon.
4: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so with buddy, the Patreon dude. link a Secret leak. There you go. There you go. With
3: lewds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, shout out to Zoe Saldana. I watched uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 yesterday and fell back in love. So, uh, well, that's kind of weird to say because she's a green alien in that movie, but you get the gist of it. Shout out. Uh, play the yeah, algebra.